0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome
1: to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast. A brilliant true crime podcast hosted by two zany sisters, all while baking up delicious treats in their kitchen. Here are your podcast hosts,
0: Karen Devaney and Ann Varner.
1: And Hello Karen Devaney. Welcome, welcome. to Sugar Coated Motor Podcast.
0: Indeed. Thank yes. you. Thank you for welcoming to me to my podcast. <laughs> and welcome to your kitchen. In my kitchen. Oh, yes. Awesome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, for anybody that's listening that might not be me or her. Well, there's a little bug that just flew in front of my face. I don't, I don't know. know what I was doing. I don't know. Trying to get into my glasses. Maybe. Because, you know, the eyes are the window to the soul. So yeah. He's trying to get into my window panes.
0: So, if you know anything about us, we're not a serious true crime podcast. No, we We don't profess to be journalists. Uh, we are not. We could not be farther from
1: a journalist. We're just
0: a couple of broads talking about murder. Yes. And and, on In on, and the kitchen. Yeah. And we enjoy swapping recipes. So we tend to bake. We do. Only <gasps> for Patreon. We're doing all no, no bake. bake. I know. That's so exciting.
1: Because there's some people who like to concoct things that are edible, but they just don't want to turn their oven on.
0: No, it is. It is darn
1: hot. It is a little bit hot. Darn yes, hot. At, at the taping of this, I don't know when it's being listened to, but right now it'd be hot. It'd be hot. What we're putting on our Patreon, excuse Anne, as Sorry. she bangs around the kitchen, it happens. <laughs> what we're putting on Patreon are murders that are either too gruesome for Mama to hear. <laughs>
0: yes, because Mama is our biggest fan. Yes,
1: or some unsolved cases, which Mama gets a little nervous about. Right. So it's all about Mama.
0: It is all about Mama. It's all
1: about Mama. Because
0: we're Southern girls, and that's just the <laughs> And way that's it is. how we were
1: raised. So please don't tell our Mama about Patreon. We're trying to keep it a secret. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she is
1: our biggest fan, but this is something we're trying to keep hush-hush.
0: Exactly. So
1: today, you're going to... Do something in the kitchen,
0: girl. I am bringing Christmas to August. I I know. Like, oh, it's Christmas in July, but it can be Christmas any
1: day. They say keep Christmas all around all All year. So So that's what we're doing.
0: I'm going to do a sweet dip. And this is oh. called a gingerbread cheesecake
1: dip. Girl, I'm going to come right over there and knock your glasses right off. And you right serve
0: off. it with ginger snaps. Oh, I love a ginger or snap. If, if it's too much ginger for ya, yeah, you, you can serve it with a, a graham cracker.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Or might I suggest a vanilla wafer? Vanilla. Oh, good suggestion mm. on the vanilla, girl. So yeah. no-bake, you just do your heavy cream, your cream cheese, your brown sugar, powdered sugar. mm we're gonna add some molasses into this one to give it that yummy, yummy them molasses. Flavor.
1: It really gives it some depth.
0: A little bit of ground ginger, some cinnamon, and a little pinch of nutmeg. Oh, I love a nutmeg! Mm-hmm.
1: Well, this does sound like Christmas. I'm excited, know, very good. excited. They and I
0: need to turn my air conditioner down. And get real cold. In it's there. cold enough. <laughs> <laughs> We're okay. So while you do that, I'm gonna talk about a murder. Well, don't make it too scary because it's it's starting at nighttime and. I might be scared. Okay, well, then we're going to have to turn this off.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> them day. This, is, this is a murder that I've been researching for the past week. Lord have mercy. Probably a little bit more than a week. Oh and I, it has kept me up at night. Oh, for heaven's and sake. And it continues to keep me up at night. And my husband is worried for my mental health. You know, Obsessive about it. Are you sure this is the one we want to do? This is the one we want to do. Right. That's why it's on Patreon, too. <laughs> because Mama could not
0: handle this. I understand.
1: And I'm going to give everybody two warnings up front. The first warning is, this is pretty long and it may go into a part two. Right. The second warning is a trigger warning because not only is it gruesome and terrifying, but it has a lot of discussions about mental health as well. Right. So I'm just going to put a trigger warning on this, which we don't typically do because I always feel like if you're turning into a true crime podcast that murder is in the title that you might want to just like check yourself.
0: Exactly. But this particular one, I'm going to put
1: a trigger warning on because it has really triggered me a lot.
0: For heaven's sake. I know. I'm scared, (laughs) y'all.
1: So this happens near Jupiter, Florida Okay. in a place called Tequesta. Um, It's in Marion County and it's considered, this area of Marion County is considered unincorporated, Uh but the neighborhood kind of area is called Tequesta. Okay. So I'm going to talk about Michelle and John Stevens. They've been married for 14 years. They live in a very affluent neighborhood, very happily married couple. It's his second marriage. They share a love of deep sea fishing. Michelle worked in finance and was very well respected at her job. John was a retired owner of a landscaping business. They had, well, they shared two kids, but they were from John's first marriage. Okay. But Michelle thought of them as her children, and she had been in their lives from the time they were little, Aww, that's so, so nice. John's son John the Fourth was a Marine that served in Iraq. Okay, and and but then he was done serving in Iraq and was back home and was married. But the baby and the baby was like two weeks away from being baptized. Oh, yeah,
0: they had a
1: lot going on. Lot going on. Brand new grandchild, and John's daughter Ivy had just rented her own space outside of the home, but she had recently been living with them for a long time, and she had just recently moved out, but but she was close enough that she was still visiting back and forth, and it was a very recent move. Like, she was still taking stuff back and forth. Oh, for okay, gotcha. God, you know,
0: sometimes it feels like it takes forever. Uh, yeah. Well, I am, am going to get my mixer going just to okay. pause real quick, because i got to get some stiff peaks going on with heavy
1: cream. Okay, I'm going to try to talk through it, okay. and if I can't, I'll pause. Okay. <laughs> So, neighbors described the Stevens as always having fun. They often were seen tooling around the neighborhood with their dog on their golf cart. They had a little bulldog.
0: Oh, I love it.
1: They were very, very social, very generous, very caring. They actually had converted their garage into, like, this little den where they had a TV, a stereo, a couch, some chairs, and this is where they liked to enjoy their evenings. They would open their garage door and kind of socialize with the neighbors, wait with the neighbors and watch TV or read and listen to music. They call it um, the garage Mahal. Oh,
0: my God, that's adorable. Yeah, I, I so love
1: it. Yeah. Um, both of John's kids got along very well with Michelle and they enjoyed her being in their
0: dad's
1: life Ivy described her dad as a typical Floridian retired fisherman (laughs) (laughs) always tan always on the water in their boat always had a great sense of humor and was always cooking up for Michelle whatever they caught that day on the boat nice yes he described Michelle as her best friend and her best advisor in life oh wow yeah so, on the evening of August 15th, 2016, Ivy stopped by the house. Michelle was on the couch in the garage reading and relaxing, and John was inside um, painting. They were actually prepping to get their house put on the market. They wanted to scale down now that the food's live gone yeah. and buy something closer to the water where they could put their boat like, right on the water, and they would have access to the boat. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah. So Abby didn't stay long, and when she left, she told Michelle she loved her and told Michelle to tell her dad she'll see him in the morning. All right. Just a couple of hours later, Michelle was dead in the garage and John was dead in his driveway. Oh, my Lord. Um, And the neighbor was seriously wounded and bleeding profusely. Oh, my gosh. And police are met with the most horrific scene they have ever encountered. Really? Yes. So here's my trivial warning. Here, oh, here we go. So I will say that I'm only telling the facts in this. The facts that I've read. I have like 20,000 sources that I've read. Right. I do not want to put my opinion in this at all. No, no. And we will
0: not on, on these. I just don't want to put, put my opinion out there, But ones. I'm just
1: going to tell you that everything that I am going to tell you is something that I've read or I've heard. Okay? Okay. So I'm going to describe the scene that police rode up on at the home of John and Michelle Stevens. John lay dead in a large pool of blood. A young man was on top of him, biting off chunks of his face. Oh, what? And making growling sounds. Oh, my gosh.
0: The man had the victim in a bear hug, and even when
1: police officers engaged him, he continued, and the attacker was shouting, you don't want any of this, oh, and growling.
0: God. Oh,
1: God. At first, deputies shot him with a taser. I mean, no change. Oh, no. They shot him. They deployed the taser three times. Mm-hmm. Really? Couldn't get him off the victim. Oh, God. Deputies tried pushing him, punching him, and even kicking him in the head three times, and they still could not get him off. Another deputy arrived and deployed a canine officer, which bit him several times, and they could not get him off of the victim. Thank goodness he didn't bite the dog. I know. So, it still took several minutes, but the attacker finally let go of the victim, at which point he told officers, you should just fucking shoot me. Just kill me. Wow. So... And then he spat onto the driveway, and the officer said, what was that? And the, and the guy said, human
0: flesh. Oh,
1: my God. John Stevens was dead in the driveway, and there was a path of blood six to eight feet wide. Oof. John had fought against his attacker, but an unarmed man is no match for a machete-wielding, seemingly crazed attacker. No. Michelle was dead in the garage. She had been bludgeoned and hacked to death. Oh. The attacker had no clothes on. Oh, my. He was covered in blood. He, he had, it's confusing because he had some reports say he had no, he had just his underwear on. Some reports say he didn't have his pants on and some reports say he didn't have his shirt on or his pants on. It, it's confusing. It but was a really rough scene. It was a rough scene and he was covered in blood. Right. And there was blood all over his face and his mouth. It was really rough. Oh, wow. I talked about there was another victim. So, John Fisher was the the across-the-street neighbor, and he he was laying in bed that night and heard some weird noises and then heard screams. So, he comes outside to check and see what's going on, bless his heart, sees Michelle being attacked in her garage, and runs to help and engages the attacker. And he kind of tussles with the attacker a little bit, but not a lot because he's unarmed and the attacker is armed. He got severely stabbed and ended up having to run back to his house because he was bleeding so badly. And he ran in and called 911 for help. Wow. I will tell you that Jeff Fisher, the neighbor suffered a fractured skull and bleeding around his brain and several stab wounds. Wow. Yeah, it was like, he really did tussle with that attacker and he tried so heroically to try to save Michelle. So he runs back in, and when he's back inside calling 911, John had been out walking the dog, and John comes up on the scene.
0: Oh, gosh. Okay.
1: At some point, the officers take the attacker to the hospital, and there, medical staff realize he has ingested some type of poison. He has esophageal bleeding, fluid in his lungs, and is in danger of dying. His organs are shutting down. To save his life, they put him in a medically induced coma. So the attacker's name is Austin... Haraf. Okay. H-A-R-R-O-U-F-F. I've heard haruff or haruff. I'm sure it'll come out all different ways for me. I'm just going to try to stick to Austin because I'm not good with that last name. Yeah,
0: that's how I do too. So I think you're good. Yeah.
1: So Austin was a 19-year-old college student.
0: 19.
1: 19. Wow. So here's some background on Austin. Austin had been a popular high school student where he wrestled and played football and weightlifted. He was on the weightlifting team at Suncoast High School in Florida. He had no prior criminal history. He loved his family and friends. Okay. At this time, he was starting his sophomore year at um, Florida State University. He was living at home. All okay. right. He was a popular normal College student. He had a 3.32 grade point average oh, wow. in the home. Wow. He enjoyed weightlifting with friends and hanging out with his fat, not fat brothers. That's so mean oh, to call them fat. Really Guys, mean. you're not fat. I'm so sorry. It's Your friend... With fraternity brother, it's your frats, <laughs> frat brothers. <laughs> At the time, Austin was studying pre-exercise science, who was a fitness enthusiast. Oh. He had an Instagram called the Bicep Bible okay. with 4,000 followers. Wow. I, I mean, please, I just got to 1,000, and I feel like I've, you know, conquered the world. That's huge. He also had a YouTube channel where he posted videos about fitness and bodybuilding. He often talked about being anti-steroids. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because you, kind of, you kind of go that route. of, All right, it was this been on steroids? Well, yeah, Gee, what's like, going what's on? on? So a few weeks before the night of the
1: attack, uh, okay, yeah, I'm just, it's okay. I'm fine. I'm, bu- I'm all good. Okay. A few weeks before the night of the attack, family and friends noticed a shift in personality in Austin. His sister had said that at night, he would patrol the house saying that he sensed evil was afoot was or evil was near. Oh, dear. And he literally stopped sleeping.
0: Oh, God. That is, that's not good.
1: Right. Like, completely stopped sleeping. Yeah. He told his sister that he thought he was turning into a centaur. Oh. which is half horse, half human. He also told his sister and some other friends that he felt like he was immortal.
0: Oh, wow. That he had
1: superpowers. And, that, and he was very fixated on religion and evil and the role that evil plays in the world. And the, what was immortality? What did it feel like? Right. He told his family he had hypnotized himself. And that's why he couldn't sleep. So he was researching to try to find out how to reverse the hypnotism. Oh. So he actually had a friend of his that liked to lift weights with him, but they had lifted weights like when they were in high school together and everything. And he still, like, they come out. Right. He stopped returning his calls and coming over to see him because Austin really started to scare him with his behavior and the way he was Talking about religion and being immortal and very fixated on good and evil and superpowers and just doing some crazy things, right? And it really unnerved this guy, and he he didn't just stop coming over; he just stopped taking his calls, right? He's like,
0: "That's it," I he said. "I'm I'm backing it. out of we'll this. Break,
1: break. Yeah, we'll take a break." So, internet searches of Austin's, but the, the ones that happened at two and three and five o'clock in the morning.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: they were about obsessive thoughts hallucinations how do i know if i'm crazy why can't i sleep what happens when you sell your soul to the devil oh no yeah what is schizophrenia how can i relax my mind these are the things that he is researching all night long so
0: he 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 knows oh Oh, no i know something bit you it did your kitchen he did i have a um very sharp um grater for my carrots And I don't have a lid, the top on it, and I reached in to pull something out, and it got the fingertip. Well, and here's the crazy
1: thing, just so you know. My husband, who is Mr. Safety, he drives me crazy because he takes all of our koozies, our collapsible neoprene koozies, Uh and he puts them on all of those little instruments. And I I always say, this gets on my nerves, but now I understand, because that would have had a koozie on it at my house.
0: Right. Some random koozie. I have the thing for it, but it doesn't. Securely, so it must have popped off.
1: Yeah, that's why it gets a koozie in my house. It's just good. like my pizza cutters, everything. It's it all just a hand koozie I need to use for baking. Oh, good, super good. You can keep on exactly. Okay, so a week before the attacks, Austin's dad tries to talk to him about the not sleeping stuff. Okay. Now, Austin's parents were divorced. They didn't live very far apart. They both lived in in Jupiter okay. in this area, and they were very amicable with each other, and were really co-parenting their kids
0: okay so austin's
1: dad tries to talk to him about the not sleeping stuff and he offers austin some of his valium to help maybe help oh. Him sleep. oh yeah so austin takes the pills and throws them at his father and says i will not be controlled by you and storms off
0: oh
1: austin's dad because he really didn't like this no sleeping thing takes away the keys to austin's car Okay. Austin had been staying at his, his house for the summer. Right. He kind of bounced back and forth. Right. So Austin gets mad and jumps onto the hood of his dad's car and jumps on the hood of his car and leaves a dent. Oh. So the dad gives the, Austin is keys back, so he will to get off the car. Oh
0: my gosh!
1: Right, and then Austin leaves and, and goes back like to his Austin mom. Austin
0: is 12 or thirteen or sixteen? No. He's nineteen. He's nineteen. He's yeah. a bodybuilder. He plays football. He's a wrestler. Right. You
1: know, he's he's got some muscles. Right. So later, Austin's dad texted Austin and said, "Hey, you did damage to my car," and Austin texted back one word: "Learn."
0: Oh no! So
1: his dad was like, "Listen, this kid is—he's just not even himself. I don't even know what to do with him."
0: Right.
1: We're going to talk about the day of the attack. Okay. Austin says that he put on that morning a Michael Vick shirt. Okay. That day, because the dog spirits told him it would make him invincible.
0: And for people who don't know who Michael Vick was,
1: he was a football player. He was a professional football player, and And he got got convicted of running a dog fighting ring, and he actually served some time in prison for it. He's reformed. He's come out of a prison. He's done his time. He's been rehired by the NFL, and life goes on. On that day of the attack, Austin and his dad and his sister went out for a nature hike that day Uh during the day. Austin remembers seeing some turtle shells, mm-hmm. and they made him feel paranoid because he felt like his dad was being too slow, and his dad was in danger of being harmed. Oh! Austin goes to dinner with his dad, his sister, and the dad's girlfriend at this place called Duffy's. It's just a local restaurant, a mm-hmm. hangout spot. Austin was very solemn at dinner, and the dad says to him, stop being so serious. I want my frosty ass, Oste back. So, frosty ass, no, frosty ass, frosty, Oste.
0: Oh, really? frosty ass?
1: No, he calls him, (laughs) they call him frosty Oste because that's a rap name that Austin's created for himself because he liked to, seeing rap, Oh, God. So he was frosty Austin, which I think is a cute name. That is funny. So Austin gets up, goes to the bathroom and never comes back. So the dad is confused, but they, you know, he's got his daughter and his girlfriend at the restaurant. So they keep eating and eventually he gets a phone call from Austin's mom saying Austin's at her house and he's safe. Austin has walked two and a half miles from the restaurant to his mother's house. But at his mom's house, there's some strange, more strange behavior. Okay. He tells his he starts talking to his mom again about um having superpowers and being immortal. And at some point she walks in and he is eating cheese and drinking cooking oil. Ew. Oh so she stops him from doing that, tells him she's really concerned, and she says, Listen, I'm gonna take you back to your dad at the restaurant.
0: Oh. And he
1: said, Okay. So on the ride over there, she talks to him and says, I want to find you a counselor. For you to go to, we're very worried about you. And she said, Would you be willing to go? And he said, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. Okay. All right. So they get back, he gets back to the restaurant. She drops him off and she goes back home.
0: Okay.
1: He's at the restaurant, he goes back to dad's table. Dad grabs him by the collar of his shirt and kind of shakes him a little bit and said, What is wrong with you? You need to snap out of this. Oh
0: wow.
1: Right. So his dad is kind of like all over the place. He just can't figure out what is happening. Right. And why is his son acting this way and why isn't he just getting over himself? Right. So again, Austin gets up and leaves. And this time Austin is wandering the streets. Oh no. The Stevens' house is three and a half miles from the restaurant. In the meantime, when Austin's sister or dad, somebody tells the mom Austin left again, she calls nine one one and says, my son is a little bit delusional. He's acting strangely. He's left the restaurant where he was having dinner with his dad. He left his phone. He has no ID on him. Mm. I'm really worried about him. He seems delusional. The only thing he has on him is a knife. Oh, God. At that point, she goes out and starts oh she tells them what he's wearing and she says i'm gonna go get in the car and i'm gonna go find him so at some point while austin was wandering around he took off his shorts and his shirt okay but then when i saw a picture of him at the crime scene he had on his shirt
0: okay so i'm going have a short?
1: no oh no okay he did not have a shorts on they found the shorts far away uh, yeah, they, yeah, he had also cut himself with a, with that knife oh, no. to the point that he almost severed his thumb. Oh, and there were droplets of blood that were found blocks away from a crime scene where he had done it.
0: Oh my gosh, he'd been wandering around. Yeah, and so according to
1: an interview with the police and two psychologists one for the state, one for the defense, and, and an extensive interview with Dr. Phil that I'll get into, I'm going to tell you what Austin recalls. Okay. Okay. So this is what Austin is saying to police and other people interviewing him what he remembers about that day. Okay. And oh, by the way, police tested Austin for drugs. Okay. Of course. They thought he was on something called Flacca. Oh, I don't know what that is. It's a synthetic street drug. I don't know what it is either. All right. And Or bath salts. I've heard of that. I've heard of that. They even had the FBI come in and do extensive tests drug testing for him. Mm. When those tests came back, there were no hallucinogenic drugs, no flaca, no bath salts. Wow. Very small traces of THC
0: oh, wow. from marijuana,
1: but nothing that, like, to indicate that he had right. smoked recently. Very small traces of alcohol, which I don't know where exactly, and no steroids. Wow. So this was just a total mental situation. It seems to be. So, this is what Austin says. He remembers going on the nature walk that day. Okay. He remembers seeing the turtle shells and being paranoid about his dad being in danger because his dad was slow. (laughs) Which, I mean, that's rude because his dad's probably my age. (laughs) And he also said that he had been awake for two to two and a half weeks.
0: Weeks. He had not slept in weeks. That is not good for your for your
1: brain no he didn't know at the time if something was wrong with him and if there was something wrong what could be wrong right but he knew that something was happening he just couldn't put his finger on it but he also said i didn't realize that my what i was saying and what my my behavior was pushing people away i didn't know i didn't realize that that was happening i didn't realize that he said i thought this was all in my head and not nobody knew this was going on right. so nobody knew that I had changed oh. and that, that so I didn't realize that people were scared of me or concerned about me I didn't realize that and did he tell
0: people this the night of or after like sometime
1: after it happened well this is this is in his all of his interviews after it happened okay so he says that when he left the restaurant the second time he had lost his wits and he knew things were spiraling out of control as he's walking, he said, I saw a man named Daniel. Okay. Daniel had been a kid. He describes Daniel as having been a, a sketchy kid from his childhood, from like grade school. Oh. And Daniel scared him because he said, I could see through Daniel. Oh, no. well, He was dressed all in black, but I very clearly hear, heard him say my name. He said, Hey, Austin. Oh. So he said, when he said my name and I heard it so clear, he said, I panicked and I started running to the nearest place I could find help. Okay. He turned one street before the street for where his father's house was. Oh, okay. but he was confused he was just running right running down the street scared of daniel daniel was a hallucination daniel had not lived in that area in 12 years oh no so he runs he remembers seeing an open garage door at a house so he ran there for help Panic. Right. he remembers seeing a woman and this was michelle and she screamed at him but at this point he's got no pants on Oh no! So that might be why she screamed. And he's also a stranger running up into her garage, right? So according to the neighbor, he saw Austin jump out of Michelle's car. Mm. So it's confusing. It's kind of a jumbled situation.
0: Yeah, it is. It's like a
1: whole. So Austin said he doesn't remember the altercation with Michelle. But he does remember, at some point, finding a machete in the garage and picking it up. Oh,
0: gosh.
1: He also remembers a figure dressed in black with a glowing white face being in the garage. A glowing face? A white, glowing white face, dressed all in black and a glowing white face oh, in the garage. Wow. He also remembers some man coming in and screaming at him. That's the neighbor. The neighbor. He does not remember the any words. He just remembers somebody screaming, but he doesn't remember the words that the man was using. Right. He also does not remember encountering John at all. None. He vaguely remembers being at the hospital with his feet cuffed to a bed and a police officer standing nearby. So he knew something was wrong. Right. And then he woke up from a coma. Oh. Because they had put him in a medically induced clinic because he was dying. And he was not sure what was dream and what was real. Oh, God. Couldn't figure out that like, he was really having a hard time. Yeah. And at, some, at one point, he was in and out of consciousness when they were trying to bring him out of his coma and his dad. So his eyes would open and he would go into convulsions. Oh, no. And then he would. So it took like three days before they let his mom see him. Do they know what he ingested? They have no idea, but it was a chemical. Wow. And, and what Dr. Phil said, what did you drink in the garage? He said, I don't want to talk about that.
0: Oh, no. He
1: said, I'm, I won't talk about it. Oh. So I don't know. I don't. I have no idea what even drove him to do that. But at this point, this guy is not, he's not there. Oh, Lord. I know. This is heavy. He does not remember drinking anything in the garage. He does not remember the cops. He does not remember being in the police cruiser. But he does remember, and I'm going to quote, saving a dog and hijacking their car, and then it was a blur. Oh. So I don't know what that was. Wow. Remember I told you that mom is out looking for Austin? Yes. Okay. She comes upon an active crime scene just one block away from Austin's dad's house. Right. She tells the police officer at the scene she's looking for her son. He's wearing white shirt, shorts, a blue shirt, and a red hat. The officer says, this is a domestic dispute. Oh. And she drives off and says, thank God it's not Austin. <gasps> no. And it was Austin. Oh, no. So, I'm going to tell you what the psychologists and the psychiatrists have said about Austin. Okay. Like I said, there had been a state psychologist and a defense psychologist that interviewed him at two different times. Right. Dr. Phil interviewed him when he was still in the hospital.
0: Really?
1: Yes. He literally had Not, I mean, he was sitting up, he was in the hospital for two months.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: The interview, which you can go on the Dr. Phil's website and type in Austin Hariff, Hariff or Haruff, or whatever the guy's name is.
0: Right, right.
1: And you can see the whole entire interview. Wow. Which I got to tell you, I know a lot of people have criticisms of Dr. Phil. I happen to be a fan of Dr. Phil. Yeah. Um, That man was a genius, the way he handled this kid
0: yeah and
1: my voice is going so let me just my <laughs> yes in the meantime i've got
0: this dip all mixed up and i'm going to stick it in the fridge it
1: smells so good
0: and, um and let it just show up a little bit i can I smell it. the
1: cinnamon and ginger for oh, sure yeah yeah so it just smells really yummy i can't yeah, wait to like
0: have this holidays. okay so the
1: mental health professionals they say austin was legally insane at the time of the attack okay Yeah, they use words like severe psychotic break, onset of schizophrenia, acute psychotic episode. These are things. They actually were, and also bipolar one disorder. All
0: right. I guess
1: bipolar now has numbers, and I I missed the memo on it, so I don't know what it is, but it's bipolar one.
0: Yeah, I wish I could help you out with that, but I I can't. Yeah. There's something called clinical lycanthropy. Oh.
1: It's werewolf syndrome.
0: Oh, I have heard that. That's scary. And he
1: actually believed it is the syndrome is when a person believes they are half person, half beast. Mm -hmm. Wow. And at the moment that he was in the midst of this attack, he believed he was half dog, half man. Wow. So Austin is now hospitalized in the medical wing of the Marion County Jail.
0: Yeah.
1: He is always handcuffed and shackled and escorted anytime he leaves that wing.
0: Right.
1: He is on medication for schizophrenia and other issues. Okay. Well, I think that's a good, good plan. He sees a mental health professional three times a week. Okay. He is deemed a danger to himself and others.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, but thanks. he is no longer on suicide time watch because of his medication.
0: Okay. So in
1: 2018, Michelle's parents and siblings and John's family all get together and file a wrongful death suit against Austin.
0: Oh, have they not brought charges against Austin?
1: He, the reason he's in the jail is he was charged. He was arrested and charged but with a double not- homicide plus attempted murder. Okay. It has not gone to trial. Wow. And there's a lot of legal maneuvering in, in this situation yeah. because of. The mental health issues.
0: Yeah, we are not legal analysts by any means. Sometimes difficult for us to work our way through. I can say that the
1: progression of the court proceedings were very slow in this case. Yeah, I will say that the court date was finally set. They
0: have to be. They have to be because you only get one shot.
1: You're right. You only get one shot. So the court was fine. The court date was finally set for May of 2020. Well, we all know how 2020 went. Yeah, we
0: got that pandemic.
1: Yeah, so COVID has stalled it.
0: Wow.
1: So still hasn't gone to court. Okay, Michelle's family and John's family they they filed this wrongful death suit. Mm -hmm. They filed the suit two years after two years of the death because that's the statute of limitations, right? Okay, so Michelle and John's family. They want the death penalty.
0: I'm sure they do.
1: The Florida state prosecutor has come out and said they will not ask for the death penalty. Okay. But remember, there is a law that says we cannot put somebody to death if they are legally insane or men- if they have a mental illness.
0: Gotcha.
1: And we faced this before. If, even if you're sane on the day that you kill somebody, if your day to be executed comes and you are legally not sane, they will not put you to death.
0: Right. So the
1: prosecutor knows this and knows that the death penalty is a waste of time. Right. Because yeah. he's not going to get the death penalty. Sure. So Austin's attorneys they have filed a motion to block a third psychological test that was ordered by the prosecutor. I don't know why they ordered a, another test. So this would be the third test, and they said, "Listen, the state did their test, the defense did their test, and they actually agree."
0: Right.
1: But the prosecutor wanted one more shot.
0: Well, maybe the prosecutor wanted to know if anything had changed. You know, sometimes when you go through all of that trauma, and after things kind of calm down a little bit, your your mental status could change.
1: Well, of course his mental status has changed. He's medicated. Right. So, yeah, they... Or
0: maybe, I don't know. I'm sure there's there's a really good reason for
1: it. The lawsuit of the victim's families against Austin says their claim is he was a habitual binge drinker. Okay. used illegal drugs, abused pills, and purchased a switchblade the day before the attacks. Oh. They say that he was violent, and his parents allowed him to have blackout drunkenness oh, wow. in their homes and knew he was violent. They claim that he broke into the Stevens' home, not ran into the garage, but mm. broke in, stabbed Michelle nine times, fractured eight ribs, punctured both of her lungs and mm. her heart, fractured her skull, wow. knocked out several teeth, and then mutilated her body. Mm. They say that when John arrived home, Austin attacked him, bit into his abdomen,
0: Mm-mm.
1: sliced him with a machete, mm. and took out chunks of his face with his oh teeth.
0: My gosh.
1: So, like I said, the, the suit was filed because the wheels of justice had been slow, and they wanted to get it filed before the statute of limitations right. ran out. But I will tell you that the lawsuit seeks reimbursement of medical and funeral expenses, lost potential income, and other damages exceeding 15000 And so I don't know the total amount of the lawsuit. Right. I know that just the other damages part is the $15,000. they have done that because they don't know when it's going to go to trial. I yeah. don't know when it's going to go to trial. And yeah. I don't know what's going to happen in this case. Yeah. Because I don't know what you do.
0: Um, what do you do?
1: I think part of the problem is in Florida, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong. So, if I'm saying this wrong, please somebody tell me in a nice way.
0: Exactly, that's the key. In a nice way. In a nice way. Could you just let me know? No need to be rude about it. No,
1: but I, from what I could tell, in Florida, there is no guilty but insane. Okay. There is innocent because you're insane. Okay. So this is why okay, the defense attorneys are saying he needs to be acquitted.
0: Right. Okay.
1: There's no, it's innocent. It's, even, it's not call. guilty by reason of insanity.
0: Right.
1: Which is an acquittal. Right.
0: Quite the conundrum.
1: It is quite the conundrum. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure where this is going to go. Yeah. But I will say that I I found this case to be compelling because of the mental health issues. Yes. And I I will say that in reading this, I just want to point out that it only took less than a month for this kid to have this complete and total psychotic break.
0: Right.
1: And I'm hoping, I mean, this was in 2016. By the way, not
0: completely out of the ordinary for a 19-year-old boy. Especially
1: when there was schizophrenia on his dad's side.
0: Oh, well, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know hindsight's twenty
0: twenty, of course,
1: and I know that being an armchair quarterback is stupid. So I'm not going to do any of that. No, no,
0: that's. I just want to say that's not our purpose to share stories. But I just will say that this
1: this makes me really want people to know. I guess the reason I'm telling this story is because a, I wanted to talk about the victims in the beginning because this story has become all about. He is called the Cannibal Frat Boy. Oh in all of the media, the cannibal frat boy that ate his victim's face. So it's become all about his actions
0: right? and and not about the
1: victims. And I think that that's That's very sad. But I also think that he, in a way, in a way, is a victim of mental health issues. Yes. And I just want people to know that, when you see a shift in behavior, there is something called the Baker Law, and that's where you can have somebody committed for for seventy two hours, right. um, even if it's against their will. Yes. and they had been his parents have been looking into that, and they had talked to him. They had consulted and with family, not, family, friends. It's not friend. easy to get that.
0: It's you no, know, it, no, but it takes time, and it
1: does. And I know and when hard. you're going through it, sure, Tom is not your friend, right? When it's you're hard. looking back. You're like, oh my gosh, that's two to three weeks. Well, you know what? They're also living their life. This is not, this cannot consume their 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They have jobs. They have Sure. They have a life, and, and he may not be acting this way 24-7, right. and they don't know about his internet searches. They don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Right, because again, he's head. 19, and at 19, yeah. you
0: know, maybe if you've got a normal kid and he's doing, seems well-adjusted and he's fine, you don't really look into that.
1: No, and his grades were good at school. Yeah. You know, and he was popular and friendly, and his dad was like, he just is going through something weird, and he just seems to... Sh- Snap out of that. Right. But I just, I think for me, I just need for people to understand that this, this happened so quickly. Sure. It just happened. It's not a year. It's not a year that right. this happened. This was in a month.
0: Right. Right. And and we're not saying I'm not. to have sympathy or not have no. sympathy. Either way, we're seeing facts. Absolutely. It's and just and facts. it's just, a, to me, it's about the
1: mental health issue right now is why I'm telling the story. Yeah. Because I want people, what I when I read about the story, the timeline absolutely smacked me right in the face. Right. And I have I have a son who's yeah. in, his, in his early 20s. I want to just say low 20s. Yeah, no. So in his low 20s. Yeah. So, you know, this could have been us.
0: Exactly.
1: This could be us. It could be. And I, so I'm not I'm not trying to sway anybody. I don't know what the wheels of justice are going to do. And I certainly will stay on this and if once it goes to court I mean I want to keep up with it and give updates when I can right and I I don't know I feel so badly for both sides of this issue just so badly for them yeah Uh, but that's my story
0: wow that is triggering and scary
1: yeah and it and it really has kept me up at night yeah because it's gruesome and I've seen crime scene pictures and I've seen a lot of interviews and have read a lot of transcripts from interviews, and it's a lot, it's a lot. Yeah,
0: I'm sure. So,
1: but it's okay, because that's what we do, and what we do. somehow i get been out of it. Yeah, yeah. well, sure. you know, we, like, we talk about stuff like that, that's why
0: we, we do, do. podcast. We,
1: we talk about it, we, thought, we think it's important to talk about it, and then we eat. And then
0: we eat, that's right, because we're stress eaters. <laughs> so we create our own stress, and then we eat. Yeah. We eat about it. <laughs> Again, ladies from the South. That's right.
1: We do. We create our own stress, and then we eat the stress. Exactly. That's we eat great. our
0: feelings. All right. So it's all set. I'm going to get it set up so that we can have a little tasty food. I love a tasty food. And um, thank you for sharing that story. And I'm sure Karen will have her references out there for anybody. In the show notes, I will
1: put in our show notes all of the references. I think there's probably close to 20. Yeah. of of where I all the things that I read and the way I like to do it is I open all these documents I'll have like 25 to 30 tabs open at one time on all these different websites and I go and read every single one of them and then I go back and try to put them in chronological order
0: okay and then I read them again
1: and then after that I close my laptop and I get out my notebook and I write
0: all right well take yourself a ginger snap and a little dippy-doo and let's see how it did I'm so excited yeah me too Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, Thank we'll you. have the name of the website where you can find the <coughs> cheap gingerbread cheesecake no bake dip.
1: Oh my gosh. You I, can start can, thinking about the
0: holiday party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll get that information in oh. the notes as well. Oh my God. This is Christmas. Oh, yeah. This
1: is so good. Yeah. Christmas in August. And let me tell you something. If you take this to a party, people do going think you're a baker, even if you're not a baker. Exactly. But this is really good. Yeah, and
0: it's something different. It's, it's very fluffy. Yes, yeah, because you, it's got that heavy cream in it, and you make it like a whipped cream. Oh. Stick it in the freezer. I'm really surprised how
1: fluffy this is. I thought yeah. it was going to be more like a caramel mm-hmm. dip.
0: Right. No girl i know i am all over this christmas in august all right guys
1: well we love you thank you, you. stay safe and always listen to us on our regular episodes for Sugarcoated murder podcast on all your favorite listening apps that's right and you can email us at murder.shurdercoded at gmail.com and send us nice things
0: nice things
1: all right guys bye stay sweet and don't murder. bye now This has been Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a deliciously entertaining true crime podcast. Like what you heard? You can always explore past episodes by visiting sugarcoatedpod.com. Don't forget to like our Facebook fan page and share with friends. Thanks for listening to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe.